When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. I know too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, although for this episode, not enough. Lacking some firsthand experience. <laughs> uh, also lacking some some firsthand experience. But as here, as always, my co-host, the skeptic, the voice of the people, the little devil on my shoulder, Kristen Suttered. Hey, Kristen. Hello, Joe. We have returned from a wild weekend in New I, Orleans. I am. I'm still not all here. I'm still in deep recovery mode. I think you can probably hear it. I think I came back with a cold. I I checked yesterday. Not COVID, but yeah, girl, has- uh, a good dozen people who were at this wedding that we were at also feeling sick and uh negative tests all around so are you one of them are you not feeling well you sound a little i have ne- i never for, for for the listeners i had covid about two weeks ago and uh i have been kind of stuffed up since then so got it i would say it's it's mostly lingering symptoms of that now as as our listeners know and are were you know informed if they didn't know we were in New Orleans this weekend. This weekend was the big Oof. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony weekend in our backyard in Los Angeles would have been easy to attend. Uh, and yet, the not in the cards for us because of a, a previously scheduled event. Luckily, we had some boots on the ground here <laughs> to tell us all about his attendance at this year's ceremony, a friend of the show. At this point, and the host of the Rock Solid podcast, Pat Francis. Hey, Pat. Hello, guys and girls. That is true. There you go. Uh, thank you for for joining us, Pat. You went and we didn't. What a time to be alive. And I will tell you this: I wasn't planning on going, but like three days before the event, uh, a friend of mine who I believe has been on your podcast, Nick Bamback. Yes, he's a, mm-hmm. a longtime listener. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Hi, Nick. He was he was in LA for the event and he was at my house. We recorded an episode of Rock Solid. And then we went to see Belinda Carlisle last week in concert. And then he gifted me two tickets to the event. That's very sweet. Like I had no idea. Like I was floored because I tried to get tickets, couldn't get tickets, tried to get press passes, couldn't get press passes. So I wasn't going until a couple days before and i am so glad that i did now uh going into it was there anyone that you really wanted to see well it's uh, eurythmics all because i've never seen them Mm -hmm. and they don't really uh, you haven't performed regularly for a very long time nope no they haven't but really this was such this was everyone was in my wheelhouse really that was getting in this year Okay. So good. It's a pretty good class. Pretty, yeah. pretty good stuff overall. Yeah, there was no one that I wasn't excited to see, but Eurythmics was my number one. 
this was the most star-studded event I have ever attended in my life. And yeah, the surprises I, just kept coming. Right. And it's Man. so funny. The, the, the way this works, because that's not unusual for the hall. Uh, they bring out big names. It's just so funny. And it's kind of the, the premise of our show. <laughs> why doesn't anyone talk about it? Like, why <laughs> isn't it a big a bigger deal? Like, it, it truly... Uh, from so many different eras of music and genres and appeals to so many different people. And yet it it feels like culturally such a blip on the radar. Yeah, for sure. I even thought that it would be at a bigger venue in LA. It was at the Mm -hmm. Microsoft theater, which holds about 7,000 people, Mm -hmm. not small, but it's not the forum. It's not the Staples center. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly not the venues that they use in Cleveland or New York or New York. Yeah. yeah, They, they use the basketball stadiums there, uh, which is, you know, uh, over 15,000 seats. So more than double. And yeah, I think there's, there's, you know, I mean, you could tell us, did it feel like an intimate affair? Um, I guess it kind of did. I mean, we were, we were in the mezzanine. We were about as high up as you could get. But I still felt like felt like I was in the mix because they had the two big screens, mm-hmm. and because it was a smaller venue than those others, uh, yeah, it did feel it did feel intimate. Wow. Um, well, what I would like to do is, and I'm going to kind of go through top to bottom the show, and I, I was able to hobble together a a kind of set list based on the uh, the intrepid reporting of a lot a lot of people, yourself included, yeah. uh, who were tweeting. Uh, images Joe, and video famously and... still on Twitter has not abandoned shit. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a, for it's, times like these. It's a source of of uh, very relevant info for us. So I no. I do want to add something about the venues because they made this announcement right at the top of the show. They said that from now on, all the events will either be in in New York, in Cleveland, and in L.A. They will just they will rotate. So I guess mm-hmm. every three years it'll be back here in L.A. Right. Oh, I've, the only places I've also I've heard uh, that they might do Cleveland every other year. And then those years in between will go back and forth between New York and L.A. Oh. So it could, could right. be a little longer, but who knows if they will stick to yeah. that? Who knows? I mean, just a few years ago, they were saying New York and Cleveland back back and forth. And then, you know, uh, before they could even do that mm-hmm. one round, it was already like we're doing it in L.A. So we'll see what happens. And before we start uh, top to bottom of the show, before the show started, they did like the crawl of appearing tonight. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there were two names in that crawl that did not appear on the show. So I imagine. I know that, one of them. Yes. Everyone kind of knows one of yeah, them. Now. That's, like, that's the news only item. news item that I have seen is about yeah. the one, one of the people who did not show. Yeah. And that okay. was, you go ahead. You can say it was who Alanis it is. Morissette. Alanis yeah. Morissette was supposed to sing. You're, You're so, so vain, vain with, with Olivia, Olivia Rodriguez. And that was like so confirmed. We had- we, we knew that weeks ago. Yeah. yeah that yeah. news had, had been, even though it, it was supposed to be a, a secret that was leaked. And um, she rehearsed on Friday. That's what they say. Yeah. Um, shrouded in secrecy. Yeah. Um, and- I wonder if we'll ever get the full story. You know, maybe soon as we do every year, we'll talk to the production team and see if they have any comment or if they will remain yeah. I'll tell on you it. what I saw in the Jezebel article. That's my my big research. I did some research. I texted Yay. Joe. I said, should I bother reading this article? He said, you may as well. <laughs> right. And the, the second person was Jackson Brown. Interesting. And he oh. just, just wasn't, I don't know what happened to Jackson Brown. I've 
I've looked online to see if I could find anything, but nothing. Yeah, that was not uh that was not on our our radar either. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Probably for Eminem, uh, if I had to. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, uh, famous buds, those two. Uh, I want to before we start, I want to give a shout out. As I said, Pat, you were tweeting throughout the night, but also so was some of our friends, Annie Zaleski. From Cleveland, a Duran Duran uh, super fan mm-hmm. and a great writer uh, and Rock Hall voter. Troy Smith from the uh, Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cleveland. Uh, who was also there. Also the uh, the podcast Hall Watchers. And of course, Future Rock Legends was kind of compiling from a lot of different sources to make uh, an easy to read kind of walkthrough of what was happening. So shout out to those folks for, for providing the info for me to be buried in my phone while we were watching a live music in New Orleans. So uh, we kicked it off with John Sykes, the new chairman. I would imagine nothing too exciting about his opening remarks. No. Just uh, <laughs> he says hello and, you know, welcome. And I a guess complete, they... A complete dud, a complete bore. <laughs> I'm just like, seriously, just uh, you have to have him first because he's not going to be able to follow anything. You might say uh, you don't really. You don't need really him. need to have him. Could, no, could not be. at all. I mean, not at all. I feel like we've we've been. I think the 2019 ceremony did not have anybody opening anything, and it was fine. You just start with something fun. He didn't come out and say some dumb well, shit. Well, it would have been winter back then, and no, he I he did not, as I recall. Definitely not. But I thought, oh, whatever. They did last year. Sykes definitely came out last year, and I think yeah. Greg Har- Greg Harris also came out because he was repping Cleveland. And I, I don't know if. Oh, if, that's what I'm remembering is. Yeah. His last year. He's the CEO of, of the museum. Yes. But yeah, you, you kind of get that boring stuff out of the way. And then right. our first inductor is Robert Downey Jr. Whoa. Okay. Yes. Inducting Duran Duran. I, I didn't even recognize him. He had like a yellow suit on and some big glasses. And he's his, bald. Yeah, he's bald. And the sound was awful. Like I could. I can't wait to watch it on TV because I could barely hear any of his induction speech. Wow. Okay. I knew there were sound issues up top, but I didn't know that extended to yeah. just a pr- one guy at, at the podium. Yeah, uh, it started. It started with him. It got better eventually, but it was you. I was really straining. Like I'm everyone around me. I was like, shouldn't we be able to hear this? Like it should be booming. Yeah, but, as as it always is. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, oh yeah, be... he's in like a lime green kind of like a, a, a chartreuse, a lemon lime suit. Wow. Yeah. And so that was a that was a big surprise. We did not that was, know that was gigantic. I had no idea. We also predicted that Duran Duran would close the show. We knew if if Duran Duran closes, Dolly opens, but it was the opposite. You know, yeah. Duran Duran would would open given what they had planned for Dolly. Uh, and then they they played the package last year. The packages were probably around eight minutes. I don't know. I doubt you were had a stopwatch out, but probably roughly the, the same amount of time. They seem to go really quickly. I will okay. say that. Well, they uh, they cut them down in post. I think maybe for this year they kind of knew to keep it tight, given how long the ceremony was going to be. Good package. Oh yeah, yeah. Here here's what they did do, which I guess when they air it on TV they won't do it like this, but. Robert Downey inducted, everyone was inducted, then the package, then they played live, then they did their speeches. And I think that was because while they were doing the speeches, they were resetting mm-hmm. the instruments the and everything. For this. Yeah. But I bet when we watch it on TV, it'll be 
induction package speeches performance that's what i think they uh so this is a relatively new thing that they started doing last year going against the history of these ceremonies it's always speeches and performance they decided especially because of what you just said kind of mm. practical production reasons they have been doing performances then speeches they've been showing it like that in the cut in the edit oh they have so. been okay that's just like kind of a new way to do it. it. And you can, for a lot of these, I mean, last year you could tell the Foo Fighters were like drenched in sweat as they were <laughs> right. giving their speeches, you know? So Same it, it, with LL Cool J. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, shiny. he had been in basically, you know, a tinfoil suit or whatever. Track like suit, a, yeah. Yeah. So Duran Duran starts to play and there's no sound for the band. The only thing you hear is Simon LeBond's vocal. That's the Yikes. only thing here. And he's singing and, Girls on Film, right? Yes, and he sounds amazing. Oh. He sounds amazing. So they quickly put a stop to it, and they they fix it. I don't know what was wrong. And then Simon LeBond says, we, we did it like that on purpose so you would know that I was really singing, <laughs> which was funny. I'm sure we won't see again any of that. That, I imagine, will be cut. But, uh, um, but they uh, just basically started over from the beginning. They just started over. Yeah, they reset. And uh, but yes, wow, that, See, on. that's the magic of seeing it live. Yeah, he sounded amazing. That's great. Yeah. And they did... Now, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. A lot of the performances this night were abbreviated. In they the were sense like of med medleys, kind not of not playing the Ooh. full songs, yeah. Uh, and so they did Girls on Film, Hungry Like the Wolf, and Ordinary World, yes. And they sounded great, they sounded great. They, um, and then immediately I noticed that Andy Taylor is not there, right? So Andy and Taylor, who is not officially with the group anymore, but was expected to yeah. reunite with them and play with them because he's yeah. part of the classic lineup, yeah, because he posted on. When they were announced to be inducted, he posted on socials, you know, he'd be there, proud of everything. So I was excited. To, I'm an Andy Taylor fan. I was excited to see him. And I was sad that he wasn't there. And then I was sad to learn why he wasn't there. Right. So Simon reads a letter from Andy, which reveals publicly, which nobody knew, yeah. that he's uh, he has stage four uh, prostate cancer. Yeah. Oh, no. And it, yeah, it's a pretty grim diagnosis. And so he could not make it. Yeah. And former guitarist Warren Cucurullo, the guy who replaced Andy, he was also inducted, but he wasn't there either. But Simon had very nice words to say about how important he was to the band during all those years. So that was nice. Mm -hmm. It was all nice, nice, nice. Great. A, a great way to start the show. I yeah. would have been worried that a lot of people would have then gotten up and left. Could you tell, I feel like I know the answer to this. Could you tell that a lot of the audience were there for Duran Duran? Um, they did get a lot of cheers, but Pat Benatar got it. It went, they went crazy for Pat Benatar. That That's is great. so interesting to me. I, I would not have predicted that. And I think, I mean, you know, Pat Benatar is LA based. I mean, originally started in New York, but LA based now. So maybe that's the reason, but yeah, but yeah, Duran Duran got big cheers, but it didn't seem like people were leaving now. Okay. That's good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. And so next up you got in full control album cover, 
hair and I'm wardrobe. seeing a picture of this and I'm like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting upset now. Like Janet. now I'm getting really, really upset. I hadn't looked anything up. I just randomly came across the Atlantis article and I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, it's, you know, it, she didn't show, I didn't show it's just feminist solidarity, but <laughs> like Janet, uh, seeing her with that hair, it's, I'm, I, yeah, looking I, great and, you know, came out to uh, say her words about Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And I have to say, we, yeah, everyone just went crazy for Janet Jackson. And she was just, her speech was so fun. And Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were great when they accepted. I didn't know that Terry Lewis's brother is Jerome from the time. Did you know that Jerome in the time, the guy who holds the mirror? I, I don't know that I I don't know that I do. I mean I know that they were in the time, but I yeah didn't they know. were in the time. But also Jerome's the guy that oh, who's the main guy in the in the time. I'm drawing a Morris, Morris Day. Day. Yeah, like Jerome would always hold the mirror up for Morris and Morris. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Right, so, right, right. so Jerome, they cut to Jerome's in the audience, and he like gives a point, and everyone goes crazy. So it was really the show is just moving along at a fun pace, and you know Robert Downey Jr. is a big surprise, and then Janet's a big surprise with that hair. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was telling how important uh, Jimmy and Terry were to her solo career. And yeah, just amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, and boy. we and we got a package for them as well. I would. I would yeah, imagine. a pack. No performance. They didn't perform. Mm-hmm. She didn't perform, you know, at anything. But mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Great. And, and then and then after that, we got Cheryl Crow coming out to induct Pat Benatar in parentheses and Neil Giraldo. And um, they were ramming Neil Giraldo down our throats. <laughs> I believe it. Can't believe without his arranging and producing and songwriting and guitar playing, Pat Benatar might never. It's like, oh, come on. It's really justifying. Yeah, just really trying hard. to. Yeah, why he's there. They were really ramming it down our throats. But they both looked fantastic. Mm hmm. You know, yeah, I saw some or, pictures. They were, they were looking sharp. Yeah, they, Wait, and know. it was it was Cheryl Crow who uh, yeah, nom- and, oh. and she brought the uh, the Rolling Stone cover that has uh, Benatar on it. Yep, and she said that that was her original. She still has. She said, Cheryl said, "I'm a bit of a hoarder. This is really my original copy. Oh, of my Benatar. actual copy. That is yeah. cool. That's funny. Yeah. I like that. Um, but yeah, Pat and Neil rocking the gray hair, not trying to not." show their age yeah their age even though they look great Mm -hmm. and um during their performance they brought out their original drummer myron grombacher who by the way sells porsches five blocks from my house here (laughs) and grombacher porsche or what it's not not even his place he's just one of the car salesmen there he just works there yeah but he killed it he was so good that's great we we've actually grombacher has come up before on the show just because we were talking about, you know, they induct Neil and it's not like the other guys in that band weren't there for a long time and right. didn't write uh, songs and contribute right. creatively. So I'm, I'm glad he got a, a moment. Yeah. And he killed it. He was fantastic. And they opened with uh, a song we did not predict all fired up. And that's my ah. favorite Pat Benatar song. OK, so you got I... a little treat for Pat. Yeah, I was like, what? Are you kidding me? This is fantastic. From one Pat to another. Just. Yep. And then the song, the songs that we predicted, "Love Is a Battlefield," and of course, ending on "Heartbreaker." Yeah, man. And she was an okay. amazing voice, like unbelievable. Just killed it. This sounds yeah, cool. This really does sound cool. Again, I was truly having what might have been one of the most chaotic nights of my life, just absolutely <laughs> going too hard in New Orleans at this time. 
had forgotten completely that the rock hall was even happening, but I'm, I'm coming back to earth and I got to say, wow, sounds like a good night so far. And it's moving along. The show is just moving along. Like there's no dead spots. And then we get to Grubman. Well, I mean, and the crowd goes nuts. <laughs> uh, sorry. So, I mean, so Pat and Neil's speeches were like to the point and tight, not too, not too rambly or anything. No, no. And they, and, you know, it's, you know, as they say, uh, Hollywood marriages or entertainment marriages don't work out. These two seem like they're head over heels in love with each other. Just like they were real cute together and loving. And you could see it in their eyes that they have affection for each other. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can fake that. I think you're right. Yeah. I like that. Speaking That's of good. Uh, long-winded speeches, someone who I had heard kept it unusually tight for him was Bruce Springsteen inducting Jimmy Iovine. Hey, yep. wow. Okay, so he got he got the Bruce. Yeah, he kept it uh he kept it tight and he was uh he was funny. He told uh he told the story about Jimmy basically stealing because the night from him and giving it to to Patty Smith, but he mm-hmm. made it funny. He said right. uh, Jimmy yeah. said, "Bruce, what are you doing with that because the night song?" And Bruce goes, "That's an outtake. That's not going to be on the album." And Jimmy said, what are you going to do with it then? He's like, I don't know. He's like, can I have it for Patty? And Bruce is like, yeah. He And then Bruce said, I had no idea that she was going to turn it into a fantastic love song and have a top 10 hit with it. So yeah, a bigger hit than he had had at, at that point. Yeah, at that point. Exactly. Yeah. And then we, we, we get a package that I imagine would just be a, a cut down of the defiant ones, the HBO yeah. <laughs> documentary. Yeah. And yep. then uh, Jimmy's Jimmy's speech. He he's he's been known to make a good speech. You know he's he's had a I think it was at USC he did a uh, commencement speech that was really good. So he, he's well, been he's a quippy good. guy. You know you yeah. can tell from yeah. the he's a talker. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so you can feel that. Uh, I would imagine he wouldn't be a terrible speech to watch to endure. No, he was good, and he gave uh you know big props to Dre for helping take his career to another level as far as uh as far as just money is concerned money and, a, and a business not so much you know producing but as a business yep. yeah right right oh yeah that's episode four of the defiant ones or episode six how long was that series too long yeah, who I cares mean, right right but uh you know yeah and it helped remind people that he produced like those three big tom petty albums and launched stevie nicks yeah. solo career and mm-hmm. you know so a lot of stuff so, oh yeah, big deal, big guy. Yeah. And then, of course, shout out to the young wife, and we cut to her. So, oh wait, did yeah. he marry a? Oh, he married that's right Atticus, at the very Atticus end. Ross's uh, sister. Yeah, Atticus Ross being Trent Reznor and Atticus yeah. Ross oh, do yes. all those scores. There's a lot of there. There were a lot of cutting to the young wives. You know, <laughs> the guy that's seven. And when I say young, I'm like the wife is forty. But that's 30 yeah, years no, younger hey, than the husband. 20, 30 years, You're yeah. not wrong. Hey, yeah. they're getting all kinds of trophies tonight. You know yeah. what to me. Hey, come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, then after after Jimmy, we got just a package, nothing else for Elizabeth Cotton. Yes. And, and we did not even get, which is a bummer to me, didn't even get anybody speaking directly to camera saying, you know, this is, uh, it's my this honor to induct, yeah. to induct Elizabeth Cotton, you know, having yeah. an actual inductor, you know, because the history of the hall, there's always someone, even if they are in the video package, who's kind of delivering the induction itself. From what I am able to gather, it was just uh, just the documentary, just a little package for Elizabeth Cotton. Yep. Yep. 
and those seem those packages when um when it wasn't someone that was there that night, they seem shorter to me than the mm-hmm. other packages. Oh yeah, they usually are. Yeah. Well, you know, did you feel like you got a sense of uh, Elizabeth Cotton and her importance from it? Um, I think so. And yet right now I can't remember a thing about it. Okay. <laughs> but well, at, the, yeah. at the time I was like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. Like that seems good. I approve. Yeah. Clap, clap, yeah. clap. Right. Exactly. Right. Hmm. Uh, and then we go from Elizabeth Cotton to Alice Cooper to induct Judas Priest. Yes. And again, a great induction speech. And it, the first time I ever saw Judas Priest, Alice Cooper opened for him. It was in 1990, I think. And Alice acknowledged playing many shows with Judas Priest. So that was the right person to induct them. And then when they played, they were joined by K.K. Downing, who hasn't been in the band mm-hmm. for years and years and years. And what I noticed is that Rob Halford went over and had some interplay with K.K. on the stage a couple of times. So it wasn't like KK was over here and we're over here and we're just ignoring that he's even playing with us. So I felt like that was a nice, a nice thing to do. You were like, let the healing begin. Let the healing right. begin. Cause it was, their rift was pretty acrimonious. Uh, yeah. And it's nice. That's nice that they were able to, to do that. Do we at- know why, or is this like a thing we all know? I'm sure think- it's public, but I, I don't- think KK left the band. I think he wanted to leave, but then, when they were getting back together and stuff, I think he wanted to come back and they didn't really ask him back. Mm, I, think yeah. he would, I think he still wants back. So sometimes the hall can make that happen. It's true. So, it's very, very true. Uh, they also uh, played with two drummers. One of their previous drummers, I think his name's Les Binks. Les Binks, yeah. And then their current drummer, Scott Travis. So that was nice. And, um, and Judas Priest sounded great too. Obviously Rob can't, belt the way he used to but he does a pretty good job he, get, he gets he gets you to a place he where you feel yeah, he gets you to a place i'm where looking not, at the outfits i'm lo- i'm loving the outfits this is for me it's a yes i like that a lot yeah i mean they were they were hell-bent for leather and then also you're seeing like what dolly wore too and it's just like it's all a lot of people yep. really just, uh, well, you know, there, they, they understood this. Oh, no, I'm excited Dolly. about that. Yeah. I'm seeing um, that. But as uh, well. Priest played exactly what we predicted they would play. Yes. They yes. played, you've got another thing coming, breaking the law and living after midnight. Yeah. I don't think there and, was any other choice. And the crowd went crazy. Like everyone that was in our area up in the mezzanine, there were tons of Judas Priest fans. Like they were yelling, it's about time and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, when Rob came up to the mic, of course, the first thing Rob said was, I'm Rob Halford. I'm the gay member of the band. And everyone got a big Cheered chuckle and a yeah. cheer. So that was cool. Um, did they all give, uh, did they all have something to say? That's some, one did. thing I was wondering, because there's uh, some years where they just have the lead guy say mm-hmm. a few words and the other guys choose not to. Sometimes, like I assume all the Duran Duran guys came to yep. the mic and said something. And uh, same with all the Judas Priest guys. All the priest guys did except their brand new member, who I don't think was was getting inducted. Richie Faulkner was not, yes. yeah, included. Yeah, he was oh, did he stand there while they were all giving speeches, though? Yeah, yeah, he played with okay. them and stood there in support. Scott Travis is very tall, and he said something like, "I bet you didn't think you'd see anyone over six foot giving a speech tonight," because everyone else was really tiny, tiny people. At yeah, uh, Benatar, notoriously tiny, yeah. Yeah. teeny. 
And I'm trying to think if, uh, yeah, but yeah, all the Judas Priest guys spoke. Even Glenn Tipton, who who is uh, suffering from, I'm not sure what he has. Parkinson's, I think. Yes. And he was, um, it has taken a toll since I saw them a few years ago. That's sad. But um, yeah, it is sad. But he still, I mean, he was, you could understand what he was saying, but you could tell that he's, he's having not, some issues. Yeah. Yes. Uh, did he play? He did play. That's nice. Because I don't he, know. I don't know if his guitar was on, but he was up there and he was he was playing. He got sure. his moment. Uh, he got his moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because he has not yeah. been because of his illness has not been touring yeah. with them the past yeah. few years. But that's and nice. look. I'm I'm glad they're getting in while he's while an original member is yeah. still walking the planet. That's what I love to see personally. That's so. one of the things that we've we've kind of repeated about their musical excellence induction, which is that uh, there's no time to waste anymore with getting Judas Priest no. in. They can not, they can be there. They can perform. And they, again, and you can confirm this, their induction was not treated any differently from any performer. induction. It wasn't, it wasn't because I know they were on like a different yeah, not category. Different, yeah. They got category. the LL Cool J treatment. Musical yeah. excellence, but it's, you know, that's nope. the thing is, no one would know unless no, not you were an uh, investigative reporter like Kristen and I are. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm seeing all these headlines, too, and they all just say things like Dolly Parton, Eminem, and Judas Priest inducted into Hall mm-hmm. of Fame, Rock yeah. and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I was trying, I went with my friend Christy Stratton, and I was trying to explain to her, oh, Judas Priest, they're getting in, but it's not like at the same, I couldn't explain what I wanted to, what how I was trying. She's like, "Oh, I don't think that's true." I'm like, "No, no, it is." I, but I couldn't explain it. So, right when you watch the show, you didn't. It's all the same. No, and that's that's by design. And yeah. the hall, the hall wants Christie's reaction of like, "No, I think they're just getting in." That's what yeah. they right exactly. You know, so exactly. they can kind of you know under the table make make this happen. Okay, great. Why don't we uh, why don't we take a little bit of a break, and then when we come back, we'll have more to talk about with this induction ceremony. So don't go anywhere. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. 
Welcome back to the show, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. We hope over your break. You reassured yourself that, hey, you're probably fine. You're probably okay. You're probably fine. If we were to take a stab at it, probably go, probably in good. our In our opinion, you're probably fine. Our expert medical opinion. Our, un, our non-medical, non-expert opinion. But here's something we are experts in. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Thank you so much, Kristen. And <laughs> we're back. Transition. That was and amazing. we're back. Uh, we had, after Judas Priest, we had our second package of the night, which would be for Sylvia Robinson, Sugar Hill Records ah, founder. Did they do the same Elizabeth mm-hmm. Cotton, Cotton style thing? No inductor, no just a package detailing the history. And that was pretty impressive because I, I didn't know anything about her. And... Mm-hmm. That seemed like that would make a great biopic. That was uh, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, this woman kind of ushering in the era of hip hop on record. You know, yeah. releasing. I'm sure there records. weren't any like film yeah, and TV executives the in the house, so we'll have to see if we can get their attention somehow. Some <laughs> like, other some other way. Yeah, yeah nobody in, in yeah. nobody Angeles. powerful nobody powerful uh, on the floor there at the. Uh, the Microsoft Theater. And then after that, we have an inductor we did not know about, Sarah right. Bareilles inducting Carly Simon. Oh. So, and maybe this maybe this would have been another thing Alanis was going to do. Could be. Could have I mean, been. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I'm just speculating. We had thought maybe that would be the case. But yeah. yeah, how did how did Sarah do it? Did she seem like she was last second or did it seem um, she was, put together she and was, fine? She was put together and fine, and it seemed like it seemed like a good choice. You know the uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, the young guard paying tribute to you know someone that I feel like Carly Simon was probably an influence on a Sarah Bareilles. So Certainly. as a singer songwriter, yeah, and um, yeah, really good. This is when I realized, oh, two of the inductees tonight sang James Bond themes, yep. Duran Duran. Mm-hmm. And Carly, and then Sarah sang "Nobody Does It Better," which is great. We oh. also we've got four Oscars from these oh. inductees. Yeah, because Carly Simon did "Let the River Run." Yep, she a great uh, song. Yeah, from Working Girl. Yeah, and uh, Annie Lennox won an Academy Award for singing a song that was on Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Yes, that's oh. true. Uh, and Eminem. Lose Yourself yep. from 8 Mile and Lionel Richie, Say You Say Me from wow. a movie called White Nights. So yeah, you did your homework. That's I had a <laughs> that, lot of time is... to think about <laughs> yeah. these inductees. Very uh, nice. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we get what was supposed to be a duet on your Sylvain. We also were supposed, I had heard that Carly was going to record an a acceptance. Video. That's oh, right. Yeah. And that didn't happen because her sisters both passed last week. Right. Joanna yes. and Lucy both had mm-hmm. cancer. They died a day apart. So obviously, Brutal. obviously she had not filmed that prior to their passing and would have been in no shape to do it post-passing. So uh, I think Sarah read um, a, a little bit of a letter that Carly had sent along. It was very, very brief, very brief. Got it. Got it. Yeah, we were promised a, a video from from Martha's Vineyard. Okay. But, so then we've got Olivia Rodrigo without Alanis Morissette doing "You're So Vain." How'd that sound? She killed it. The audience was going crazy. Now there were some amazing background singers in the band 
that uh, maybe they might have been doing some of the heavy lifting, which is not to say that Olivia Rodrigo didn't kill it. She had stage presence. She had a big smile on her face. Didn't seem to be at all nervous given the talent that was in the room and the talent that was on the stage. Yeah. She seemed like a really seasoned performer. She didn't seem just like a kid that was thrown into, uh, you know, the adult party. She really did it well. Yeah. How old is she? She's like, she's 19. 19. Oh my gosh. Wow. So yeah. yeah and it's, it's my understanding. Some of the musicians that were playing used to play with Carly Simon, uh, oh, which is, okay. which is cool, cool to have, have some of the folks who were along for the journey way back when, playing at the at the ceremony that night. I got to be honest, I don't know how that song would have been as a duet cuz this seemed this seemed right. Let's talk about that. Yeah, and now let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh Lannis Morissette was scheduled to be a part of this performance and it has come out uh in the press. She released actually Lannis released a statement I believe on Instagram and it has been picked up by a lot of different outlets. Uh Alanis is She's saying that she was mistreated and disrespected in a sexist way, in a boys club kind of way, and that she would not tolerate it. And so that's why she dropped out of this performance. So that happened in the past during her career. It happened. Sounds like it happened during the rehearsal. She had rehearsed on Friday and it sounds like she was mistreated and just said, I don't have to deal with this and I won't. Which is very, in, I mean, it's a thing I have to, th- I have to think about is just how many women were involved and on this stage tonight, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I wonder how many of them had to just brush stuff off in the name of being, you know, quote unquote professional, like, okay, Could it's just be. part of the biz. You just got to deal with it. Well, I'm, I mean, if you're taking Alanis at her word and I am, I mean, I don't know why she would do a big thing like this and bow out. Well, there were rumors and she was kind of responding to the rumors, oh, which yeah, was that, that she, she was sound good. She was unprepared. Yeah. And that she showed up not really capable Ready. of yeah. of doing this performance and that that word had gotten out and that she had to respond in some way. Now, I don't I don't know. Perhaps it's a mix of both. Perhaps she was ill prepared. It is really damaging to to say that someone is crying sexism though. And it is something I don't want to engage in you know really Mm -hmm. like that is it's just very dangerous it's very very damaging to the cause Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. just like women being believed when there is something that has you know that when they have been mistreated yeah i mean so i guess for me i'm like the the other question because again this is what happens whenever someone does like come out with an accusation of being treat of being mistreated, especially in a, in a sexist way. Everyone's like, well, why didn't any of the other women say anything if it was so bad, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you have to wonder how much of a, like kind of go along to get along, look the other way, or uh, he's always been nice to me. You know, there's, <laughs> there's like a million ways that like we permit people to, you know, we like, we just kind of, don't want to look too closely at yeah. this kind of treatment. I feel like the women that were on that stage that night, Annie Lennox, Pink, Cheryl Crow, I just don't believe that in 2022, these women, strong, powerful in the business, would put up with anything like that. 
And I just feel that Alanis missed the opportunity to perform and then use that stage and her microphone to say that these things happened at rehearsal Friday. I mean, I think she missed an opportunity to speak out if uh, if what she is saying happened, happened. And I'm not saying it didn't. I'm just saying I think well, she should have, you know, because the whole night was such a celebration of women. Dolly Parton, another strong woman that I don't think would put up with any bullshit if they saw it. So it's a tough call. Pat Benatar, another strong. I mean, all these women, I mean. You have to consider what does removal from the show do, especially for the women yeah. being inducted. It's yeah. essentially removing yourself from a extremely high profile canonization that, you know, when you look at the scope of your career, it makes a lot, it would make a lot of sense to me why many of them would say, I'm going to put up with this because mm -hmm. this moment is important for me, for yeah. my family, for my fans. Uh, it's unfortunate and wrong, but I see the bigger picture and sadly we'll have to put up with this. That's one, that's one reason for why potentially, I mean, we can yeah. speculate. But, uh, but also if those women band together, there's no show because I got to tell you, that was such a celebration of women in music that night. That was my overarching or overreaching reaction at the end of the night. Sure. Judas Priest and Duran Duran and Lionel Richie and Eminem. But I felt like the moments of the women getting inducted just felt like so much more than the other stuff for me. It well, did. and I feel like the pictures, you know, if you Google rock hall, 2022, mm -hmm. it's all of like, Dolly and the gals, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. really um, I will just quickly share the statement that Alanis put out just so that, and then we can, we can move. I mean, we don't know. I, right. I we don't know, you know, that's the thing, but we she really said, know. you know, how much she adores everyone who she literally name checks every woman who, who was there, yeah. who was there. And then she says, I've spent decades in an industry that is rife with an overarching anti-woman sentiment and have tolerated a lot of condescension and disrespectfulness, reduction, dismissiveness, contract breaching, unsupportiveness, exploitation, and psychological violence and more throughout my career. I tolerated it because nothing would stop me from connecting with those I cared about and resonated with. I live to serve and connect with people. And over the years, I sucked it up on more occasions than I can count in order to do so. It's hard not to be affected in an industry around the world, but Hollywood has been notorious for its disrespect uh, in the feminine and all of us. Thankfully, I'm at a point in my life where there is no need for me to spend time in an environment that reduces women, adding that she has had countless incredible experiences with production teams of all genders throughout my life. So many and so fun. There's nothing better than a team of diverse people coming together with one mission. I'll continue to show up in those environments with bells on. I mean, it feels like she's really trying to draw a contrast with maybe some of the crew, kind of the environment of the what was going on I, I, mm -hmm. is what it feels like to me. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's really too bad. Um, and it, it, it only takes one guy or one person mm -hmm. to say anything to make you feel unsafe or unwanted or, mm -hmm. you know, or not want to do it. So, I mean, that, that yeah. might not be, that might not be how the whole production was, but again, it just takes one person and I can understand saying, fuck that I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of fuck that, next up was Alan Grubman. Uh, <laughs> the transitions are incredible today. Uh, it be uh, and it was a speech from his buddy John Mellencamp. John Ooh. Mellencamp's head is so big. <laughs> um, it's a melon. 
you might it's, say it's literally hey. a melon head. This felt like the longest part of the night. It felt like this John, the induction speech was never ending. And it was funny. And John Mellencamp called out anti-Semitism many, many times. He said, if you're staying quiet about it, then you're complicit. And he just kept saying, fuck anti-Semitism. And he, he was on the stage for a long time. And then Grubman's acceptance was funny and entertaining, but also long between the people that you're really there to see. I, and, yeah, not to mention a package, right? There was a package for Grubman. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it, it was funny. It had people like Sting was in it. I guess these are all people that he's was lawyer to. Lawyered for. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they were funny. You know, they all had funny stories. And so it didn't, you weren't bored, but it wasn't. You just, it's so much the, time spent on an attorney. Yeah. yeah uh, that's the thing. It's like, it's like they were not aware of, what their oh dare I say they did not know their place like it was like you're getting inducted in a non-performer yeah. category and you're maybe taking up a performer amount of time yeah this is like when uh the academy awards give away the technical awards at during the day at a different dinner that's where Grubman should have been yeah I don't care I don't care if Mellencamp I don't care who inducts him how big the name is I don't care yeah. if Taylor Swift does it I don't care it just didn't feel like it belonged within this musical celebration. And and the fact that Alan Grubman's segment lasted longer than Elizabeth Cotton, Elizabeth Cotton, Sylvia yeah. Robinson, and then yeah. the segment that came right after this, Harry Belafonte. Yeah. You know, we want to celebrate artists and music this night. And, uh, and you know, we've talked about it before, and I don't know if it was brought up at all in any, in any of the speeches, but Alan Grubman is a very connected person within the uh, institution of the Rock Hall. He yeah. was instrumental in stealing the idea from a guy from the, in the very <laughs> beginning of uh, the Rock Hall's founding, and he's been the secretary slash treasurer of the board since the hall's inception. So it's pretty clear why he was being inducted. He is a, a, a friend to the hall, and that's that. Now, uh, Harry Belafonte, still alive, mm-hmm. but... Uh, I am to imagine but quite uh, out of the public eye. Yes. Yeah. And there was no acceptance speech, even a recording for him, just the the documentary. I'm no, shocked. I even thought maybe his daughter, who I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember Sherry Belafonte. She was an actress. Right, I right, remember right. her from like commercials. Yeah. So enough. I thought maybe she would, one of his kids would accept on his behalf, but yeah, nothing like that. Okay. And uh, also this seemed like a moment like John Legend would have been up there, you know, like I just really saw that happening. But I thought with all these packages, someone would then perform a song by that person, you know, if the person wasn't there. But they used to do that back in the day of the six act induction class where there's one side category induction. Whereas, you know, I think there were 14 inductees this year so this is where they choose to cut the corners and it's too bad for artists like harry belafonte and elizabeth cotton where we could get a little bit more out of their inductions but that is uh i guess the price we pay to get more artists inducted each year i remember sherry belafonte from slim fast commercials that is what i just (laughs) looked it up i was like okie dokie there you go uh and okay so then after that we've got lenny kravitz coming out to induct lionel richie and we saw Lenny's name at the beginning and we kept wondering, oh, is he going to induct Harry Belafonte? Is he going to induct this person, that person? 
and then it was Lionel. And he and Lenny was so good. Except he kept his sunglasses on the whole time, which I'm against. <laughs> I'm against that. It's a little, some douchebaggery when I see that inside. Take those off. He used Lionel's catchphrase that Lionel used to say when Lionel would say outrageous. I don't know if you guys remember that. He used to do that in the 80s. He would say outrageous. Okay. But he was he's friends with Lionel Richie. Like, so it was yeah. He, was, uh, he had personal some personal stories that were fun. We found we found many pictures of them together. Yeah. Uh, when we were trying to figure out who he was inducting, it became pretty clear that they're uh, very tight. And that package was amazing when you saw all the people that Lionel wrote songs for and worked with. And the big thing was Lionel would say, if the record company said they didn't want me to write or record that song, then that's the song I wanted to write and record. And his speech ended with something like he told his family that he's been away for a lot of time, but don't expect me to be home anytime soon because this is what I love. I'm staying out very, on the road, baby. I love yeah. the road more than you. Yeah, my fans, my public. It was like, wow, all right. Okay. Yes. Interesting but, um, message. Oh my gosh. Um, and, and then of course, this is where, you know, D Dave Grohl's got to appear with someone somewhere at all times of the day and night. Mm -hmm. So he right. sang, uh, he it played is the rock guitar. Hall. Yep, he played guitar and sang "Easy" with uh, with Lionel Richie, which wow. I have a problem. I have a problem uh -oh. with. Yeah, I have a problem with. Listen, Lionel played Lionel played "Hello," and he played all night long songs we expected him to play. "Easy" is, of course, a Commodore song. Yeah, and I would like to see the Commodores inducted. I fear that this induction will preclude that. Yes, and the I fact agree. that they played a Commodore song really feels like a nail in a coffin uh, for a, a Commodore's induction anytime soon. Well, he did give a shout out. He did give a shout out to the band. That's good. He wouldn't. He wouldn't be there without the Commodores, and the Commodores were featured in the package quite sure. a bit as they told the story linearly. But I agree with you because people are going to go. Well, Lionel Richie was the Commodore, so. So I don't feel like absolutely not. Nope. I don't feel like they're going to get in. <sighs> Too bad because yeah. that's a, you know, if you inducted the Commodores, you would still be inducting Lionel Richie. But when you just induct Lionel Richie, you do not induct the other Commodores. And then Lionel Richie would have gotten in again later the way sure. Stevie Nicks did. Maybe. Yeah. Sure. Artist. Fine. Okay. Would, if, if they chose to do that, yeah, then that would have been the order. That would have been the order that would make sense. Right. right. Lionel was the first performer that I felt didn't sound great. Hmm. Mm. Didn't oh, sound... but he's going back out on the road. Yeah. I mean, Lionel, you got to justify uh... not being with your family. You yeah. got to sound good, my man. Yeah. I mean, that, that was my opinion in the room. Look, when we hear it on TV, it might sound fantastic. That's often how it, how it works. A little yeah. sweetening. Yeah. Does a body good. Next up, we had a, a surprise inductor. The Edge from U2 inducting the Eurythmics. Yeah. Okay. And there's sure. a there's a personal connection there. Could you tell from the speech? Uh, I was like, are they edgy? And so uh, I couldn't. I, I can't remember what it was. I was just like so like oh the Edge. I, I mean I like you too. Yeah. I like the Edge. But what's the what's the relation? I I I couldn't. Contemporaries, you know, I guess, uh, uh, in the eighties. You know, all right. that's all I got. Yeah, I got nothing on that. But it wasn't like he told some great stories or he's like, and when we all met in the clubs in the United Kingdom. No, it wasn't like we started out together at the pub or what, nothing mm -hmm. like that. 
Right. Maybe maybe they toured together. Maybe I'm looking. It seems like maybe they've they've performed live together a few times. But speech was okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was fine. You mean from him, the induction yeah. speech? Yeah. Yeah, from it the was edge. fine. Yeah. I don't know that he's. I mean, he's not a front man. He I know wasn't he's doing not a front I mean, man energy think... speech like our guy, our front man. Bono. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of the U two guys are good speakers except Bono, and they're and they like that Bono likes to do it. So it was, uh, yeah, it was an interesting choice. Sure. Do you, you think they asked Bono? They had he's to. Got have, a, right? He's, he's on got his got a book coming out, right? It's out right now. Yeah, he's on a book tour, so. We thought maybe he might show up to uh, to do something as promo. You know, he could have inducted Jimmy Iovine. He could have done a lot That's of true. stuff. But he was in the package quite a bit, Bono. There you Jimmy. go. Okay, so I mean, you came to essentially see the Eurythmics. This was your most anticipated this part was. of the evening. This was, and they started out with my favorite Eurythmic song. Would I lie to you? Would I, I lie to you? It. Great. So good. Then they went into Missionary Man, and of oh. course, you got to do Sweet Dreams or Maybe. This has got to be the closer. Got to be the closer. And how they sound? Uh, they sounded pretty great. Did Annie sound the way she did way back when? No. But did she sound great? She did. And they, um, those two like each other so much. I mean, oh, yay. That's good. That's so good. good. They're just, um, and they were having a blast. You could tell big smiles and just, you know, a lot of interplay, you know, with each other on in their performance and during their speeches, you know, to, to be a, a romantic couple and then break up, but say, we're still going to work together musically and then form Eurythmics. It's a pretty great story. And and they both look cool. They both look great. They've always looked cool. They, they don't ever look cool. not look cool. They yeah. did it. They, they're like actually aging gracefully yep. and looking cool. Oh, I'm so jealous. I got to figure out how to look cool when I'm old. Yep. I'm, I'm not even old yet and I'm not figuring it out. I got to, I'm going to age right into chunky jewelry though. I do know that. That's coming. <laughs> That's happening. <laughs> My prediction is, and I would be shocked if there's not a Eurythmics tour next summer. That would be so cool. They and I will go. Loving it. Yeah. And we I will, will go, go Joe. Yes, we'll we will. We'll, we'll have to. Honestly, I do feel on some level, I'm going to want to make you go to any of these artists that we didn't see to, to make up for not seeing them. Yeah, I absolutely would love to go to any of these artists. I would be less hyped about maybe Lionel Richie just because I know his family is missing him but um beyond that <laughs> I would see yeah I would see any of these artists oh my yeah. gosh uh and so we're, we're getting to the end of the night here and so we've got the artist that we knew was going to be the penultimate performance and the guy that we thought will he really come back again to do another induction speech and he had to Dr. Dre was back in the mix given the speech for Eminem nobody else could have done it so this is when Christy and I um, left our seats to get another cocktail and go to the bathroom and look at the merch. And at I mean, at this point, you are like, what, at least four hours? Oh, at yeah. Least. How long was this? I show? felt like it was six plus hours easily. But neither of us is interested in Eminem. That doesn't mean that he's not talented. It doesn't mean that I don't respect him. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. It's just not my kind of music. It's just not something I'm into at all, but I do res respect him and certainly he should be in, but this was a perfect time for me to take my break. A much needed break, uh, given yeah. how long yeah. I'm yeah. sure you were in those seats. Now we did come back in and get to see, we came back in right when, like a minute before Steven Tyler 
walked on stage, which was a total surprise. Oh wow! Okay, wait, hold so, tight. So yeah, let's uh, let's. Let, <laughs> uh, Joe, I, I will walk tell me what Twitter told you. What, what, I'm like, what I can say what? <laughs> imagine. Yeah. Right, here's what happened. Okay, did is, Run you know, DMC come out? Did they all do Doctor, walk this here, way? Do, like Doctor Dr. Dre. Doctor Dre gave his speech, and you know he. We know he's a great speech maker. Yes. We know that from last year when he inducted LL speech Cool J. Maker. Speech maker. Beat maker. <laughs> Jump make on. Uh, doing a little Bono inducting Bob Marley. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so Dr. Dr. Dre, you know, gave his his speech. A lot of stuff we've heard before, especially since we watched The Defiant Ones just a few months ago about, you know, uh, everyone thought he was crazy for signing Eminem and, you know, not only would he be the most successful artist on the label, he ended up being the most successful artist of his generation and you know just forming a bond with this guy who you know brought suburban white kids to hip-hop and etc cetera, etc cetera. and then there was a package of course and eminem starts it, eminem does a lot of songs it's kind of like a medley he does a yeah. little bit of but that's well, good because he has a lot of good features and yes. the, the perfect medley music is hip is rap yeah. so yes. like you that's do, so true make a make a mix very easily so he does a little bit of my name is up top I do uh, want to say, please, in uh, in in Eminem's induction speech, because we can still hear it from outside, even though we are not in the room. He says his school was the school of rap, and his teachers were, and then in alphabetical order, he lists just about every single rapper you can think of. He does apparently since someone listed them. It's over a hundred names. Like, like he, they, what? They will be. There will be no way to cut that out of the or edit that list out of the show. I mean, right. I don't know. I don't know how you can. So you're going to hear all those names. It went on, and he's and that's helpful. I mean, you know, that just means that's going to be stuff for people to look up. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. And I think part of it was, you know, there's only really a, a few hip hop artists in in this thing. Yeah, and I and, feel like. He's probably a guy that feels like these people should be in before me. So I need to call yes. them out so people know about them. Cause he said, this is the music I love. Right. And we have, we have always said that about Eminem is that he is a student of hip hop and he does frequently give it up for the artists that made the path for right. him to, to do what he did. If you, I mean, I'm not going to say the whole, the whole list, but I did find the list. And it is, it's funny that it is uh, in alphabetical order to yeah. the point where it starts with, it starts with numbers. It's like, <laughs> yep. yep. it's like two life crew, Tupac, third base, Alliance, Apache, audio Two, awesome. Dre, the beastie boys, big daddy Kane, big pun, big L Bismarck, notorious BIG, black moon, boogie monsters, brand Nubian brother J from X land buckshot. And that's just getting to the B. Yeah. So you can so imagine like, yeah. when he was like to the F, letter F, I was just like, this is never going to end. This is going to go on Had he memorized this or was this coming off the He was reading it. He okay. was reading it. Um, okay. and, I, and I'll let you know, Kristen, that Del the Funky Homo Sapien was. There you go. Name checks. Shout out my uh, ex, my ex in my 20s for <laughs> hyping me on Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Who was the last name? Was it Houdini? Who was it? YZ. Okay. And I, I couldn't even tell you who YZ is, but but, but was YG in there as well? No, <laughs> no YG. Like, okay. Wu Tang was right before yeah. uh, YZ. It was uh, Houdini, Wise Intelligent of the Poor Righteous Teachers, Wu Tang Clan, and, and YZ. But let's let's talk about this performance. So he does a little bit of My Name Is up top. Yeah, 
and then goes into a little bit of Rap God, which is uh, a later hit for him where he, you know, gets to show off his skills, especially as someone who can rap very quickly. And I think Dr. Dre is involved probably in the My Name Is part. So there's a song, Kristen, you may know it, by Eminem called Sing For The Moment. Oh, wait, and what does it just use that Eminem sample? I mean, the Aerosmith sample? Dream On. Okay. And it's, and at the ceremony, Mr. Steven Tyler comes out to sing that part from Dream On. Just that part, literally just those. A live sample. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and he sounded perfect. That's great. I I couldn't believe how great he sounded and I couldn't believe how good he looked. And that's, you know, he has the type of voice that you would think would go given that it's right, scratchy right. yeah that it's like he's she's straining when he's singing yeah, uh, and he's kept there's his cocaine voice. in his throat <laughs> yeah yeah yes. yeah he hasn't like had clean living or anything to fall no. back on no no, no like you no, would think not. lionel richie's had clean living he should sound amazing steven tyler was killed it wow oh uh, well see now i shouldn't have started googling because i'm seeing some stuff this is yeah insane. so hold on so Kristen. After Sing for the Moment, he does stand, which we knew he was going to do stand. But the question was always, who is he going to perform stand with? And I don't know if you saw the picture, but he does stand with Ed Sheeran. Okay, that's who that, that's the song that they do. Like, yeah. What? A strange, you know, I guess a soft kind of English voice. Yeah, kind of fits, kind of fits. Uh, and then does forever and then not afraid. A lot of songs. Uh, I do not and know those. What's forever and not afraid? They're they're later later songs. Uh, okay. Not afraid. I think we talked about uh, when we talked about Eminem because it is like it's a very popular song very and it popular. has a ton of streaming plays. But not to to me, not like one that is as iconic. But you know, it's popular. And so, yeah, then he does his speech. He name checks a, a bunch of people. He uh, he says that um, drugs were delicious and that uh, he, you know, fell. It, he relapsed, you know, famously and that, you know, he's lucky to be there. And, you know, it, it seemed it looks like, like his daughter was there. Yeah, Haley. Haley, Haley was there. He told Haley to cover her ears when he said drugs yeah. was delicious. And so, yeah, to her yeah I'm sure she, she has kinda... no idea. <laughs> I'm sure she has no idea if she's listening to any of his music. Maybe don't listen to any of those songs about murdering your mom. Uh, that would be my- right. I yeah, don't know. Exactly. Yeah, who's to say? Um, and so yeah, that was it. And uh, apparently, it was a it was a great performance. And you know, he was really he was into it and, and dancing around. And you know, they uh, he pulled out the he pulled out LL Cool J and, and brought out surprise guests the way he came out for LL. So that's that's pretty fun. And the crowd that was into cool. it. The crowd I'm sure. Was, yeah, that's great. Everyone, he it was energetic. Sounded great, everything good. So uh yeah, the crowd was into it. So they That's, they, they know, had these. I felt like it was perfectly paced and the order was perfect. I thought it just yeah, sounds sounds like sounds like it. Sounds yeah, like it was a it really did. Next up, we have the uh in memoriam, which you know is pretty much the same thing each year. Sometimes there is live music they play during it. It sounds like this time it was just the the video package. Sadly, Vince, Vince Neal still alive. <laughs> One of these days, he'll make it into the in memoriam package. Yeah. But one, another year, no Vince. 
Did anybody get like a big in memoriam or anything like that? Was there any kind of like? I would imagine. I mean, Pat, you can say if there. Sometimes they they take a moment to stop and let you know Ronnie Spector sing from a, a video and that uh, yeah, kind of um, thing. Ronnie Spector, I think, started it, you know, and be my little baby. And I think yeah, Taylor Hawkins had a little bit of an extended thing that other people didn't get. It makes mm-hmm. sense. Those those are the two that I remember. Yeah. All right, then we get our our final act of the night, the headliner. And who comes out to induct Dolly Parton but Pink? Amazing. Love it. And uh, how, how, you know, she was, we had kept saying Pink was a floater and that, you know, uh, we could see her inducting a lot of people. And we knew she liked Dolly, but we weren't sure where she was going to fall. But yeah, yeah, she, how was, how was the the Pink speech? It was great. And, but on paper, I would have been like, oh, Pink would induct Pat Benatar, Cheryl Crow would induct Dolly Dolly because Cheryl, Cheryl does skew more country country than mm-hmm. pink. But then in retrospect, it was nice to see that Dolly could be an influence on pink and Pat was obviously an influence on Cheryl, but yeah, pink was great. She's always fun and she's never nervous in these situations. And then after her speech, Brandy Carlisle comes out and those two sing coat of many colors just killed it. And I can imagine. Yeah. Those, those are two artists who could, uh, nail those harmonies for sure that would yep. be uh, beautiful yeah and so we we don't get dolly yet and i and if i'm not mistaken we do get cheryl and i and w- from what i've been told this was cheryl stepping in for miley cyrus who had been uh scheduled but for some reason was not able to be there maybe we'll find out uh someday but cheryl crow stepped in to do with the zach brown band nine to five <laughs> Yep. And oh, Zach Brown, cool. Yeah. Zach Brown band was, they're perfect. They're fun. Everyone's smiling. And Cheryl, she nails it. It was just great. Now, I, 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 I think I may have messed up the order. I do think Dolly gave her speech uh, to accept the award before these performances. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. She did. Um, yeah. And so how was, how was Dolly's speech? I mean, she's, she's so I mean, fun and classy, fun, humble, acknowledged that, you know, I appreciate it. I don't feel I'm rock and roll, but that's for you guys to decide, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. I'm paraphrasing. I might right. even have gotten some of it wrong, but, um, uh-huh. but yeah, just looked, you know, looked every inch of Dolly. Her waist is like, it's like just that. It's insane. I don't even understand how it, how it could be possible. Yeah, she defies uh, all logic and uh, physics, and yeah. you know she's she's our greatest American treasure. <laughs> this is the part where I'm just like reading about this is just it's actually breaking so my heart. Do- so Dolly, leaves but knowing that and- this is our six also is right. helping me. Yeah. So Dolly leaves, and you know we get two songs, "Code of Many Colors" and "Nine to Five, that she's not performing. Right, and she comes back, and she is now in her rocker outfit with an yes. electric guitar and she performs her new song rockin this bedazzled guitar is so great it's just got like red and white rhinestones all over it is this like and it's black she's in a black skin tight zipped up jumpsuit unbelievable and the first wow. thing she does is she hits because she has an electric guitar she hits a rock and roll power chord just and the audience goes crazy. It's, it's so insane. Incredible. 
And then the song Rockin' is a bit meta. It's kind of about the night. It's kind of about her not being rock and roll, but wants to become rock and roll. And, you know, it's it's more, for me, it was more a novelty song than... Didn't she call it, was, it like a fun little number? What did she yeah, call it? Yeah, yeah I think an she interview. did like maybe a fun little ditty or something. But it But it was fun. It was cool. And then, and then we indeed get a true jam like we have not seen at, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now, in a long Joe, time. Now, Joe, how do you feel about missing this? Here, That's my I, real listen, I mean, and I call it I call it the Jolene jam. They did Jolene, and yep. here is who was involved. Zach Brown Band is still there as backup. Dolly, Pink, Annie Lennox. <laughs> Dave Stewart, Simon LeBond, <laughs> I mean, Pat Benatar, yep. Neil Giraldo, yep. Rob Halford, Halford Beryl yep. Crow, Brandy Carlisle. And, you know, all, all, all the ladies and Simon and Rob took turns on the mic. Yep. And they and they all want to get next to Dolly to sing there. They want they all want to be. Everybody wants a piece of that shine. Oh, my God. And when you see those pictures of Dolly and Rob Halford together. Those, that's the that's the shot. That's, that's, that's the, the shot. shot. That is the shot of the night, in my opinion. And I believe Simon had the first solo verse. And uh -huh. it was just, and you weird, everyone was just like, this is what's what? happening. Simon yeah. LeBond singing Jolene. What is happening? And it was great. Like sometimes these things can be a catastrophe. Yes. This, yes. This one worked on every level. It was so joyous. That's great. And you know. We had talked about how we thought Duran Duran might end the ceremony, but now kind of looking back on it, it's the way Ringo had to close out the ceremony in 2015. If yep. you have someone who is like such an icon, like everyone is going to want to stick around to yes. the end to play with them, to perform with them. Because if it was just Duran Duran, maybe a lot of these people would have uh, already left the venue. Nothing against Duran Duran, right? But they are not the unifying force of music that Dolly Parton is for every generation and every genre. Right. You know, everybody there stuck around to perform Jolene with Dolly. Incredible! Oh my gosh, this picture! Look at all these people. This is so Joe. Yes. Now, how do you feel about that? So, I you miss a true jam, which I'm is one of your biggest dreams. You I mean, love a true jam. I, I love when they pull it off. It is one of the things that only happens at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And when they don't really do it, it feels like such a wasted opportunity. Because when they pull it off, it is like magic. It, yeah. It's it's really special. I do, I do feel a tremendous amount of FOMO, as they say, about oh. this ceremony. Now, none of these artists are ones that like I would consider myself a true blue fan of i like pretty much everybody here there right. was never nobody here why I, I had a phase where i was listening to their music constantly um so that like allows me to not feel terrible um i will also say the saturday that we stayed in new orleans was fun but low-key a lot of people were out for the count it wasn't as as big of a like all, all my friends are still going and having a good time we did have a good time but hey kristen you kind of know what i mean Yes. Although I will say that I, I would say Saturday was the night that, that wrecked me. I think if we had gone home on, on Saturday, I might still be well. Like it could have spared uh, you. Some I hurt. Yeah. It was a truly memorable and wild night for me. I do 
wish that I had seen Dolly Parton perform in this regard. This is something that I I do regret. But the weekend itself in New Orleans, I don't regret at all. Even no, that not. I'm even that I was just like so hungover on the plane ride home, I don't even regret it. You know, it was so so fun, but if there had been a way that we could have done it both, you know, I and think there, that there we would have been high-fiving have. each other so hard when this part had happened. I think we would have mm-hmm. been turning to each other, our faces melting off of our skulls, <laughs> just like yeah. screaming out yeah. loud. Probably would have lost my voice then anyway. Yeah. Sure. You know? that, that was the vibe in the room. That's how everyone felt. Everyone just like, you know, your eyes popping out. You're looking at who you're with. Like, what, what are we seeing? This is absolutely incredible. Also from stage, Dolly said that now that she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, she has to record her rock album, which is what she's going to do next. And she said, I want to put out to everybody in the room, if you want to help me record this album, you're invited to help me record this album. So I'm sure Dave Grohl called her the next day. Oh, I bet. And uh, I just read today that she's going to record Journey's Open Arms as a duet, and Steve Perry's going to sing it with her. Oh, wow. I don't know if she's going to do all rock covers or if that's just one and she's going to write rock songs. I don't know, but it should be interesting to see what happens. For now, sure. This was not the show, last performance of the night. Show is not over yet. And Wait, this, what? And this, this was maybe, not the last performance of the no, night. And maybe this is where Jackson Brown would have joined in. Could, have been, could be, could be. I don't know. Cause but, he fit, he fits with the two guys who were, who were leading this final song. Yes. Bruce Springsteen comes out. With John Mellencamp yep. and what? along <laughs> along with the Zach Brown band and Roy Bitten oh. from the E Street Band on yep. keys, they do a thing what? that I said was likely to happen, and <laughs> you said no way, and they did a Jerry Lee Lewis tribute. Yeah. These they did two songs. High school confidential this and Great is Balls of Fire. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Here's the you thing. know who didn't get an I'll yeah, never forgive you know. them. I'll never forgive them so long as I shall live. They did not do this. They did not do an Aretha tribute the year she died. And that is one of the big missteps of the induction ceremony history. Yeah. It is one of, it's like, it is the thing that sticks in my crawl right next to Shaka Khan. Like I cannot, uh, two songs too? A medley. A, a, I understand two, two song that medley. he is iconic. I really First do. year. And the other thing is like, they have never shied away from Jerry Lee Lewis. If we're being honest, like he has, he, he was the first person to perform at the 25th anniversary concert, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a, a few years back, he has just, he's, he's shown up and, you know, they, obviously the man is problematic for a number of reasons. Oh my God. You, so, can, like, uh, come on. you can look into that, uh, on your own. Cause we don't, we're not going to record for another hour. As vibrant as Bruce looks, John Mellencamp's a mess, <laughs> by the way. You put those oh, two, no. uh, you put those two on stage together, and <clears throat> that's our that's the Midwest Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I know yeah, it, but, it is kind of funny to see and them he's together. Probably looking like the Midwest is in comparison to the East Coast. I mean, these you days. Can, he just looks like a walking ashtray, John Mellencamp. Just Lord. Uh, and but, that's. Um, uh, I, I mean, how was it as a final performance? Did it feel like almost? You know, you're I can't imagine doing something like that afterwards. And also they're like, let's clear all these women off the stage and let's just come on. Come yeah. on. 
The only reason, look, it does it does not it does not follow the Jolene jam. It doesn't. The, okay. only, the only reason it does is because, well, there's Bruce Springsteen. If sure. it's just John Mellencamp, I think people start to leave. Yeah. But yeah. but Bruce, you know, he's Bruce Springsteen. I know. So, and at the hall, that's yeah, so currency. That, yeah. So that keeps you that keeps you in for those last two songs, which are short songs. It wasn't like a big long super jam, but yeah. they they did Who not. Who was playing follow. the piano? Roy, Roy Bitten from, from the East Street Band. Band. Okay. Like I feel like they should have played these two songs right after the In Memoriam. During so, the In Memoriam. Yeah, right? right. Because Jerry Lee was the last person I think they showed because he just yeah. makes sense. Makes they sense. They should have went that right into this. That would have been a much better move. Yeah. They must have thought, they must have miscalculated with regards to star power that like Bruce Trump's Dolly. You know, maybe it was the thing of like, we have a little extra time. We have, uh, which would be weird. It's to only think, been what, five and a half been. hours? <laughs> yeah. Right. But they just, yeah, I don't know. I, that's but that's how the 2022 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony ended. Yeah. That is and, crazy. And just one more shout out to Nick Bamback for making dreams come true because otherwise, what a mensch! What yeah, a mensch! I mean, otherwise, I'd be feeling the same way as you guys feel right now when I would see all the clips and the tweets. I would have been like, "Fuck!" Yeah. So, right. Oh man. So, well. And thank you, Pat, for joining us and giving us the lowdown on on how it all went down. I would want to mention the merch. Please. They had some, they had some really cool oh, yeah. merch. Oh, please. They were selling for $50 replicas of the hat that Carly Simon wears on the No Secrets album cover. Uh-huh. So they had some kind of some pretty cool stuff, but that one really jumped out at me. Did you did you grab anything? I did I didn't. I didn't grab anything, but um Okay. Except a couple of margaritas, but hey. <laughs> well, but, uh, uh, yeah. Well, th- this this was uh, great to talk to you, and and thank well, you for letting us know. And maybe we'll see you at the next one. Ah, uh, God, I hope so. And uh, and again, this one trumped the one I went to in 2016 when Cheap Trick and Deep Purple in Chicago and NWA. I mean, this this kid that's destroyed that one. Yeah. It's not even close. And Cheap Trick's my favorite band. And it's not even, there's no competition. This was wow. amazing. Yeah, it's one so. for the books. It seems like every, everybody's saying this is, an, and I, I get it. I think this is this is an all-timer. I mean, how are they going to top it? They're really going to have to step up their game for next year and and have the same type of talent. I know, out. but, you know, that's what people said after 2021. You know, when, when it you was had- really a great. McCartney with the Foo Fighters and, yeah. uh, you know, Tina Turner tribute, Carol yeah. King. Uh, so, yeah, we'll just up, uh, keep looking up, up uh, in a way for yep. for the Rock Hall. I mean, they'll never have another icon like Dolly. They've got all the Beatles are in twice, you know. You know, you know who's it's not like, in? What are they going to do? You know who's not in? Chaka Khan. Cher. <gasps> Ooh. Cher is not in. This has been Cher. a this has been a, a this has been an argument with me on Twitter today because another guy said that Cher doesn't deserve to be in. And I was just insanity, absolutely insanity, insanity. insanity. Mm-hmm. Get like, out of here! Sorry, get out of here! Yeah, we won't get we won't we won't here. entertain the uh, the argument. And I, I feel like Cheryl Crow having such a solid role. Oh yeah, things Cher, are looking good for she's her. She's positioning herself. 
positioning and you know, for next year. You know we, who's not we, looking so good is Alanis now. Yeah. I really thought this was going to be the the thing that kind of got her on the ballot and and got her right in. Well, me, being musically consistent is not really Alanis either. I mean, Cheryl's you more don't have musically... to be consistent though. You just have to have one oh, amazing album. That's the thing. You know? Is like <laughs> Cheryl. Cheryl has the longevity and the consistency, but Alanis mm-hmm. has the classic album. So it's the classic you know, album. Those are it's, but yeah, I guess I guess we will see. You know, we the, will see. But I'm, my money over. would be on Cheryl for next year for sure. I, I it's an idea I, I could get behind. Uh, well, Pat, thank you again. I want to give you the opportunity to plug whatever you'd like to. The podcast is rock solid, and uh, yeah, whatever else you've got, social media. Yeah, just uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Rock Solid Show, and I know people are all down on Twitter, but I have to say that the Rock Solid. Twitter is all just people engaging about music and no negativity. And even when you disagree on uh, someone, someone likes, everyone's always like, oh, I'm going to have to check that out. Or, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's real. And so I, I just think Twitter can be a good, it's all about what the you one mean. positive corner of Twitter is over at so it's really a good community over there. And you can go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show. And I love your show too. And you're passionate about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I dig that. So thanks for thank, having me on. Thank again. you, Pat. Thanks, thank Pat. You this so has much. been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being our insider on the ground. You know, you are welcome. And uh, hopefully, next year we all are insiders. I yeah. love it. Perfect. As an insider, the building. And of course, our listeners know they can follow us at Rock Hall Pod on Twitter and Instagram. RockHallPod at gmail.com is the email. If you want Kristen to see that, you need to designate that somewhere in your message. Otherwise, I'm not going to forward it to her. She doesn't want to read it. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, rate and review us five stars only. Anything less would be rude, and you don't want to be rude to us. Look, we just gave you inside info on the ceremony. I mean, come on, all we do for you. Uh, thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusu Kim for the music, and thank you to Pantheon Podcasts for hosting us. I'm Joe Quazala. I'm Kristen Studdard. And who cares about the Rock Hall? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.